0: So we have a warning for gamers this morning. The World Health Organization's recognizing gaming disorder in the 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases. So far, it's a drop, but it will soon be finalized. In fact, later this month at the 72nd World Health Assembly in Geneva. Let's first focus on how the WHO defines gaming disorder, though, and and why they think it's necessary. We have on the line Dr. Daria Kuss, Chartered Psychologist and Senior Lecturer at Nottingham Trent University. Dr. Kuss is also a member of the International Gaming Research Unit and Cyber Psychology Group. Thank you for joining us. Yes,
1: hello.
0: It's nice to talk to you. What's your initial feeling about this designation, then?
1: Um, in my opinion, it's a very good idea to have the official diagnosis. So researchers like myself have been working for a very long time now to um, address the, the kinds of questions that the uh, scientific community is concerned with when it comes to gaming disorder or gaming addiction. And I think really having a diagnosis, like yeah, a gaming disorder diagnosis, it's going to help those individuals who are suffering with a gaming addiction. It's going to help them to receive the treatment that they require. It's going to help them to finance that kind of treatment. And it also is going to help them to be destigmatized and really recognize gaming disorder as, as a potential problem for a small minority of excessive gamers.
0: Like many other disorders, though, it, it's hard for us to know when gaming crosses the line into a gaming disorder. How would you say we should be defining that as a disorder?
1: So there are a number of criteria which we can use in order to define gaming disorder as an actual disorder. And I think the main criteria, and really that criteria that distinguishes um, possibly problematic use from actual addictive use or disordered use is the criterion of a significant impairment in the individual's life, which occurs over an extended period of time. So, for example, where an individual isn't able to lead their normal lives anymore because the gaming experience is impacting so dramatically on their lives that they neglect um, everyday life responsibilities. Um, And in addition to this, what you will find is that individuals who are um, experiencing a disordered gaming or actually addictive gaming are going to lose control over their behavior so they may be aware that they've got a problem they may be aware that their gaming patterns are unhealthy however they might find it very difficult to actually stop the gaming or reduce the gaming and this is often the point where they initially start seeking treatment
0: and you've done research haven't you on the neurobiological process here can you just talk a little bit more about that for anyone who might be still skeptical
1: so there are nowadays, there are a number of studies that would actually suggest that there are um, similarities between gaming disorder. Uh, and uh, the more traditional substance-related disorders or substance-related addictions on a neurobiological level. So, for example, we know that both gamers as well as individuals with a substance addiction um, share a reward deficiency. So that basically means that, you know, their brains aren't able to process rewards in a in a normal kind of way where stronger rewards are required in comparison to the normal rewards that we're being uh, confronted with on an everyday basis and those stronger rewards in that particular case come from the gaming experience. Um, in addition to this, we know that, you know, spending uh, increased amount of time over extended periods of time uh, gaming, and really gaming excessively, can lead to changes in both brain structure as well as uh, brain function. And this is similar to the kind of changes that we see in people who are suffering with a substance-related addiction. So really, you know, having a look at the evidence base that is currently available, uh, particularly the neurobiological evidence base, uh, we can uh, certainly say that um, gaming disorder has got a number of correlates uh, in in people's brains or in gamers' brains, and therefore, I think it's a relatively strong indication that indeed you know an addiction may be present in those gamers who indeed develop a number of addiction related symptoms.
0: Is there something inherently wrong with certain games themselves? The, the way they set up those reward patterns, for example, or the nature of the games, or, or does it more reflect the biology or social circumstances of the, of the victim of this disorder?
1: So an addiction develops through a number of reasons. So, you know, when we're thinking about addictions, including gaming addiction or gaming disorder, we tend to use the biopsychosocial um, uh, theories that really uh, uh, suggest that, you know, there are biological reasons for why people may develop a problem with their gaming. There are sociological or society-relevant problems uh, or uh, considerations that may indeed lead to a gaming disorder problem, uh, and also psychological factors. So really there are a number of factors that are coming together. Uh, And although games by themselves aren't necessarily addictive, there is, um, research would indeed suggest that there is a higher likelihood of particular games To be more addictive than other games or to um, you know produce more rewarding experiences or to ensure that the gamers stick with with the games themselves and those kinds of games are often those uh, large multiplayer online games that allow many players to play together at the same time that um, you know target a number of gaming motivations as well Um, and you know they these kinds of games may be or have been in the scientific uh, literature associated with an increased chance
0: of developing addiction-related symptoms. Yeah, that, that could be very helpful for parents, for example, in helping to guide their young children when they're using games as a reward for good behaviour, for example, but maybe trying to limit the the timing. The, the, the other area of scepticism that might arise, though, that I'd just like to briefly address with you, critics might say that in the same way that we've seen a, a, a rapid and vast diagnosis of ADHD in children. Could, could we see the casual diagnosis of g- gaming disorder where it's not maybe quite as serious as, as it is in other places?
1: Uh, I think you need to bear in mind that when these kinds of diagnoses are being given, um, the individuals who are presenting with the problems are talking to a trained clinicians, professional psychiatrists, who have been working in the field for extended periods of time. So really they've been confronted with people who know what it is that they're doing and therefore I doubt that there will be many cases where diagnosis is being given, although the problem isn't uh, really a problem that needs treatment. And therefore I wouldn't be too worried about, you know, over-diagnosing individuals because uh, from my own experience in working in a clinic uh, where we have been treating people who have been experiencing gaming addiction-related problems, um, what we tended to do would be very thorough um, diagnostics first, where you would spend a lot of time with both the gamer as well as the social environment to assess the severity of the problem. And only then would you decide whether or not treatment would be viable. And I think this is also something that clinicians all around the world are currently doing and will be doing in the future.
0: Dr. Kass, thank you.
1: Uh, you're very welcome.
0: Now, I mean, you think that the health ministry here in Korea would go very much in line with the who's guidelines but it's actually the culture ministry here that sent a letter of opposition to the world health organization to try and back basically the gaming industry which has been flourishing we can discuss further with professor Wee jong hyun from the school of business administration at Chungang university professor Wee is currently serving as president of the korea academic society of games thank you for joining us hi hello Good to have you on the line. So, yeah, we have seen skepticism. I referred to it briefly before. But there is a lot of concern from gamers and experts that this designation will harm the industry. What's your personal take?
2: Yeah, it's a very good point. Yes, I'm very concerned about WHO's classification. That's right. Frankly, yes, I don't understand. Actually, I don't understand why WHO is rushing into the early designation of gaming disorder and lots of controversy. Lots of critics, not only me, it's writing, not only from the game industry, but also academic areas such as medical doctors and professors of psychology.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about the industry and what it has at stake. Research recently suggests um, there could be damage to 11 trillion won. Mm-hmm. Um, to the South Korean economy, that's what it's worth um, potentially. Uh, can you elaborate on the astronomical f- astronomical figure? Um, why the gaming industry is so big, particularly in South Korea?
2: Yes, the uh, volume of co- is Korean game industry is about 13 trillion billion a year. This means that the 13 billion US dollar. This is big. This is big. Huge industry in, in South Korea economy. And also, the number of persons who working in game industry is more than 80,000 persons. And also, game is very important for Korean economy as a future industry, which means that future industry, which means that the game, yes, became a platform for many industries, such as automobiles, and construction, and education, tourism. If we think of yes, the VR, now, now it's very popular around the world. The VR is a game, yes, platform. So under the gaming uh, under the gaming disorder, yes, one maybe the one third of sales will be gone in Korean economy. And also, maybe if under the gaming disorder half of yes developers the lose their job, we remember Alpago, by company D-Mind, they get a big shot around the world. That the, the person who developed the AI Alpago, is yes, the, the his name is Demis Hasabis. Yes everybody should know that he was a game developer and also a game conference CEO. Mm. Why we have a contradictory to what games and AI? I don't, I really don't understand. We like AI, but we hate games or ignore games. I yeah. don't understand why.
0: Right. Um, well, again, we did hear obviously the arguments of Dr. Cus before that, that that there are things going on in the brain and potential um, similarities with substance abuse. But the Ministry of Culture and Korea Creative Content Agency sent a joint letter to the WHO. They argued gaming addiction is more of a symptom than a disease in itself. What's your view on that?
2: Yes, of course. I totally agree with the Ministry of Culture stance. Yes, I agree. I mentioned already that the game, game is very important in Korean society and also game. Yes, we need to attend. We need to. We need to focus on the another point. Is the game isn't isn't the cause for the effect. This is game is a result. I hope WHO reconsider the resignation this month. The stand up maybe APA, yes, American Psychiatric Association, is understandable. They said, APA said, that gaming disorder need to get much research in the future. They say, more research, more research in the future. WHO have to parallel and agree the point of view of APA.
0: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to say that whether this designation is uh, accepted widely or not, it, it's still hard to go against the trend when you've got figures like the number of active gamers worldwide rising to more than 2.7 billion people according to forecast by 2021 it was 1.8 billion already in 2014 uh, 2.3 billion last year so uh, those who are supporting this this move say the WHO's designation is meant to get ahead of this exponential growth to try to create a basis for healthcare systems to respond what what would your advice be though in terms of finding a good policy balance because surely you can recognize that there are people who spend too much of their lives on these games.
2: Yes. Uh, we have to understand that the mechanism, why children yes, play too much time so called yes, yes compulsory gaming. One of the reasons is I found through my research, maybe the most important cause would be uh, Korean-specific yes, social background. You know Korean children is so very hard to the yes, from the early morning to yes midnight from sometimes seven a m to one a m not not p m one a m it's almost that uh, they have to study hard around the clock so that's the reason why sometimes uh, the children as yes, terror into as yes, compulsory gaming if Korean government just yes, it doesn't Change this kind of terrible situation. They cannot change or save the children. So we need to change the social environment around the children. So if there is no change, this kind of social environment, maybe we cannot remove this kind of tragedy of some as few sometimes few children uh, playing too much time. So called this compulsory, uh, compulsive gaming.
0: Right. Professor Wee Jong-hyun, thank you for joining us.
2: My pleasure.
0: Hearing there from the president of the Korea Academic Society of, of Games. There have been extreme stories in the last few years, even kids murdering their own parent, for example, over gaming. Uh, but those are the very extreme stories. And whilst, of course, we should be putting our attention on them. More of a wide concern is what happens to these kids who instead of studying or as well as studying at all hours are playing these games. Games which as we heard from our first guests often involve multiplayer experiences, all sorts of reward systems. Is this just part of humanity that we should accept today, or is it a disorder? Pounder Sharp one zero one three for fifty one per message, if you want to have your say. Let's get to our news by at seven forty seven with Yenishin.